Forbes Books presents How to Hashtag Keep Going with Mary Tautimus. Conversations with extraordinary leaders who have overcome seemingly impossible odds to build successful businesses, lives, and communities. Here's Mary Tautimus. Welcome back to my conversation with my dear friend, Courtney Schock. We've been talking about the journey that's led her to become a pilot, runner, mentor, and inspirational speaker. Also, we've been digging into her book, This Is Your Captain Speaking. Courtney, I want to come back to something you said in part one. You are the underdog. You're absolutely right. And unfortunately, there's a stat that about 5% of airline pilots are women. Why do you think that is? And did that gender imbalance ever scare you from pursuing that? Or was it fuel for your fire? So um, it, the statistics are about 5%. That's correct. Worldwide. And about last time I checked, it's about one and a half percent are female airline captains, maybe 2% now. And being in a male dominated industry, you know, we've always been taught everything has to be equal. And I've put this out on the table. I've done some interviews and some radio interviews, and they always say like, is it fair and equal in the airlines? Yes, based on performance. Yes, it's fair and equal. We all take the test. We all have the same standards. In terms of culture, I mean, look, we just said it like the odds are 95 to one, right? Like if you're dealing with 95 men and five women, I mean, men think a little different. They act a little different. And not to say that it's okay, but sometimes like there's going to be crossing of line and of lines and change takes a while. It doesn't happen overnight. And was I intimidated initially? If I stopped to think about it, I was because I think about some of these military pilots that I'm flying with. I mean, some of them are fighter pilots, you know, so, some are, mm-hmm. um, I mean, they're, they're just people that would never think that there's their captain that is in command of this airplane is a high school dropout who used to strip for a living, you know, <laughs> like never. <laughs> and if I thought about it like that, it would be really intimidating. And I could let that take over and, and sort of shrink or dim my light. However, I looked at it as I'm going to belly up to the bar with the best of them. And I may have to work a little bit harder. I may have to stay up longer nights. I may have to pay off a little bit more debt or whatever it takes, but this is my outcome and I'm going to reach it regardless of what the odds are, what the stats say that I'm just Mm -hmm. as good as those guys. But sometimes I have to find different ways to achieve the same result. Yeah. I got to say that I, you know, being in the business world, almost every woman that I talk to tells me, well, I'm in a male dominated industry. And I'm like, unless you're a nurse or a teacher or some of the other more obvious female dominated industries, it's like, yeah, most of us are in male dominated industries. And so I think that it's just, it just is what it is. You started out with, is it equal? Will it ever be equal? It, do you think it has the chance to get there? And do you feel, you know, like you're a part of that by, by getting your story out into the world that you might have help other women see like really any, like 
I'm not just anybody, but anybody can do this. If you, if you've got the, the guts and the tenacity, anybody can do this. Do you hope to impact that percentage? Mary, I think that your capacity is as big as your imagination. So if you want to achieve something, regardless of what it is, and you can imagine it, then you can find a way to do it. You just have to be resourceful and creative. Will it ever be equal? I don't know. You know, men are typically, they say, more inclined to do some of these more STEM type jobs, whereas women aren't, you know, they say men's brains are wired a little different than women's. You know, some are tomboys, some are more feminine. You know, there's all different types of theories around this. But in the overall generalization, I think that there's really no difference between jobs for men and jobs for women. And a lot of factors play into that though, right? Because depending on what you value, if you value family and being home for your children, you're and, and you're a, a woman, you're or even a male for that, it, you're probably not gonna really be comfortable being a pilot because it takes you away from home all the time. You know, mm -hmm. it also depends on what role you play in your family and your life. There are so many factors that feed into this, but if we're just taking it on the base level, like male and female, I think that there's really no distinction. But I also think that you have to be able to do the job. I'm not mm -hmm. a firm believer. For instance, if I'm flying an airplane, I don't want to be given extra points because I'm a woman. I don't. Mm -hmm. I want. I don't want. I want to be tested the same way as it, whatever it takes to fly the airplane, to do it safely, to do it, uh, you know, efficiently, and to to command my crew. I don't want points based on my sex or or anything else. And I'm a big believer in that. If you want to be a firefighter, same thing. Can you care? Can you pull your weight? Can you do the same job? And some people I know maybe have some different feelings on that, but I know that as a captain of an airplane that has real live people in the back, mm -hmm. I, if I'm one of those real live people in the back, I want to know that the two people up front have been trained. I don't care if they're male, female, somewhere in between or neither, whatever they are, they, they can do the job. Right. And you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I mean, cause that's a serious thing. So that's kind of like the roundabout. I got off your question a little bit, but I, I just really wanted to put it out there. Yeah, no, I love that. I love exactly the way that you said that um, as it relates to gender. It's not about the gender. It's about the skills. And did the person pass the mm -hmm. test? Did they get the skills, then that's what's required. And just that anybody sees that that's possible. And so when we talk about underdog situations, um, I had heard a podcast some years ago where they described the starting line of life. So if you were born in the United States of America, obviously your starting line is just levels ahead, just out of the gate levels ahead if your starting line was that you were born in the United States. If you have white skin, if you are physically fit versus overweight, if you don't, you know, disability, each of these things, color, disability, weight, all of these things change your starting line. And so I was super frustrated to hear about this at the time because I was like really overweight at the time. I'm like, oh my gosh. And they put being obese uh, on this podcast I was listening to, I wish I could find it again, right in there with having a disability in terms of how people perceive you and what your opportunities in life will be. And I was so upset by that. Like it actually moved me to make a massive shift in my life because I'm like, wow, there are a lot of 
things that people are talking about here that they can't change. They can't change their starting line because they, you can't change where you were born or you can't change the color of your skin or you can't change whether or not you have a disability. But wait, for God's sake, that's something that I, I can actually influence or change. But learning about this starting line, in my book, I talked about using this as fuel, using this as fire. And so all of the things that suck in life, whether it be your starting line because you're a woman or because you're a person of color or whatever that is, all of those things can be used as what well, is nuclear power in your life. And so the nuclear power being it can destroy a city or it can, in you, it can destroy your body. If you decide to just look at all those things that are unfair and that suck and that happen to you and whatever, you can look at that and it can destroy your life. Or you can decide to bottle it up, throw it on your back and learn how to contain it and tap into it as fuel whenever you need it to help move you forward, which is what it sounds like you did. And I like I, I think this is like the fifth time I've referenced Tony Robbins in this podcast, but what he ends up talking about in his main TED talk is resourcefulness. And what he says in it is it's not a lack of resources. You had a lack of resources in every direction. You didn't have a supportive partner. You didn't have maybe the education. You didn't have the, the childhood foundation that would typically set you up for success. You're a woman, you know, all of those different things that, that make you the underdog in this story. And so you did have a lack of resources, but that's not the issue. It's a lack of resourcefulness. And you mentioned that just a little bit ago, and I, I wrote that down and underlined it. And that's really what I want people to understand is using and tapping into that disadvantage or whatever the perceived disadvantages are real, they're, it's, they're, it's the same, whether it's perceived or whether it's real, using that as leverage and using it as as a way to get more passion because resourcefulness comes from a passion and a fire and you said go ahead and tell me no bitches tell me no tell mm -hmm. me i can't do something that just fuels my fire and my resourcefulness my my passion so i really love your progress there i think it's it's great so so you've run marathons all over the world. I know you did the Easter Island Marathon. It's one of my favorite pictures of you. And you have a goal of running a marathon in all seven continents by 2022. How is your progress? How's that coming along? Oh, I should have known this was coming. <laughs> yeah, so uh, COVID, it was a little bit of a disruptor. Um, it was also a bit of a disruptor with my public speaking. So, um, and my book launch as well. Mm -hmm. So everything somewhat was paused because um, I'm trying to think which race. Oh, I was scheduled to do Iceland in 2020 and uh, that was mm -hmm. canceled. And so it was deferred. And just like so many other people, I got a little uh, lazy on the training. You know, the gyms were closed. Flying was weird. Nobody really knew what was happening. And, um, you know, I put on like 10, 15 pounds and I really got off of my training program. Then what happened in the interim is that I put in uh, a friend of ours who's uh, very well known in the ultra running community, Tommy Rivers Pusey. He had gotten lung cancer, you know, unexpectedly in his mid thirties. We were doing a fundraiser for him, and I bid on a ticket for the Squamish fifty fifty, which is an eighty mile race um, that's not part of my run a marathon in every continent, but just something that I thought, oh, I'll 
I'll start the bidding here, you know, for this crazy 80 mile race that's in British Columbia and uh, with 18,000 feet of elevation gain and loss uh, over a two day period. And it just so happens to be that I won this entry uh, and I was like, oh boy. So I've shifted a little bit just temporarily um, training for this 80 miler, which is in August of 2022. And I've bumped up the other three continents that I need to hit, which is Antarctica, Australia, and Europe, which Iceland qualifies as that one. I've kind of moved it out for two more years because there's a bit of a backlog from all of the races mm. being disrupted because of COVID. So no, I'd say I'm probably about two years behind that goal, but I have added the 80 miler in. So as just part of a um, sort of, uh, once again, to prove that you can do something. I've never run 80 miles in my life ever. And this is something that seems really hard and really challenging. And once again, I am definitely the underdog for this because 47, not a teeny tiny girl, you know, not out there. I live in Ohio for crying out loud. I mean, I might travel all over the world, but it's not like I have time to be running mountains uh, often. And so for me to pull this off is going to be incredible. And so I, I once again, try and use that as a platform, not to only have raised money for Tommy, but also to inspire others to go out and do something that they think could be incredibly hard. And it's not about actually doing it. It's about who you become along the way. And so um, that's sort of where I am at the moment. Um, I've got Antarctica, I think in 2023 now, and Australia will be probably 2024 and Iceland. I'm trying to cram Iceland in maybe next summer, right before this 80 miler. Okay. Well, I'll come support you anywhere warm. <laughs> Australia it is. <laughs> My a friend of mine, I don't do roller coaster rides, and she said the joke was that I would always say, I'll hold your purse. Like you can go do the ride, I'll hold your purse. So I'll hold your purse in Australia and any other place that you go to that's warm. <laughs> yeah, I will. I'm thinking Antarctica Antarctica is out. Iceland yeah. is probably out. So probably Australia out. it is. I'm in. That's yeah. good. There are runners and there are people that like to run. Obviously, you are a full-blown runner. When did you fall in love with running and why? How did that start? So when I was 38, I had a skin cancer diagnosis unexpectedly. And I got the news um, over the phone because, you know, typically because I'm on the road so much, you can't call, call me into the doctor's office to give me news. And when I got that news, I just thought, damn, like, how did this happen? I've worked so hard. I'm at the time a single mother and, you know, I'm the only breadwinner here. You know, I'm the sole source of income taking care of these two children. And I just thought, damn. And I started to feel a little sorry for myself. I started to feel like the victim. And I, I happened to be near a wooded area and I just took off in a run and I, maybe I ran a quarter of a mile or a 10th of a mile or something not far but after I stopped, I thought like, oh my God, it's so great 
to have this ability to be alive, to move my body, which I had been ignoring for several years previously, I'd sort of let my health slide. And I thought at any moment, just like that one phone call, it can change in a second. Everything can be taken away from you. And Mm -hmm. I thank God that it was only skin cancer and not some other like worse news. And I thought from this moment on, I'm going to respect my body and I'm going to push my body. I've pushed my mind to do hard things. Now I'm going to push my body to do hard things because the body is a machine and it is such a beautiful gift. And from that moment on, I developed, I like to say this love for running, but it's sort of this love hate for running. Uh, I will not say that I am excited to go out and do it. I have to have a bigger cause than something for myself. That's why I have my nonprofit. That's why I have to do it to inspire other people. And doing it as inspiration for other people or for a cause is what keeps me in love with doing it, if that Mm. makes sense. Yeah, that's awesome. That's really good. So like adding back into what we were talking earlier about blending on that list, if someone were to say, you know, okay, I want to reach my health goals. I also want to give back. I want to find a way to do that. This is just one more thing to add to that list of, you know, improving my health, making a difference for others, right? So I don't know. I'm after this, I'm going to go make my list and make sure that all the, so for me on that list is ocean and water. Like I have to, how can I blend (laughs) somewhere warm with water on a regular basis with all the things that I love and I'm passionate about and helping other people. And just, it'd be neat to see what picture gets painted from that exercise. So you're such an inspiration. Well, thank you. And, and, and it's so incredible that you mentioned this blending because I remember sitting in Nicaragua making this like Venn diagram and I was like, okay, I like to do this and this and this, and where does everything overlap and where is the intersection? And, and that's exactly how I came up with the nonprofit. I had no idea how to make it work. I had no idea what I was doing, but I'm a dive in and figure it out kind of girl. And Mm -hmm. I was just like, this feels right. I'm going to go after it and I'll be resourceful and I'll find a way to make it work. And I will say that our friendship over the last few years, has really, really been incredibly like valuable. I mean, on an emotional, on a spiritual level, we've bounced so many ideas off of each other. We've gone through some really challenging times and some really beautiful times together. And Mm -hmm. I am just so excited to like talk to you and and share all of this stuff with, uh, you know, your listeners and, and really just to have this conversation. It just, it just makes my day. Me too. Me too. And I'm reminded of, of the power of proximity and how many times you and I both over our adult lives have probably changed friend groups, um, or updated our friends or added new people into our friendships and and into our network. It's so important to have people that are thinking along the lines of where you are, maybe even a little ahead in some categories, but to look around and recognize who are those top five people that I'm spending time with or that I check in with or, you know, like like we talked about earlier this week, like knowing that you're watching my activity on my Apple Watch, like that is making a difference about whether or not I jump into the pool or not. So just having that and, and it's from care and, and from being around people that want to kind of push us. And I have this in my professional network. I have this in my friendship network. And you are... 
one of my very best friends. And I, and I think that's so important and just in this short time, but in order to develop these really high quality friendships and networks, you have to get out there and you have to go to where those people are. Right. And so it may be going to a running event it may be going to a, a Tony Robbins event or whoever your version of Tony Robbins is or Brene Brown, people that are looking to grow and seek and improve. I don't know very many people, Courtney, that sit around with a Venn diagram evaluating their lives and saying, how do I do this? There are a handful of people that do, and those are the right people. Those are your people. I'm one of those people. That's what we're looking for. If we're trying to learn and grow and develop, I really encourage people to find your version of Courtney. You're that for me in my life, and I'm just really grateful for you. I'm so excited to share your book out in the world. We're going to get this back out there. COVID is like almost behind us. We got to get you back out on stages so that people understand that wherever they are in life or wherever they are in their business or their career journey, that there is this super inspiring story of possibility and personal development to show other people what's possible. And I'm, I'm excited to see what your future has in store for you. Thank you, Mary. That's that's awesome. And I'm excited to see what your future has too. I look forward to reading your book and watching all the incredible things that you do because you've definitely inspired and taught me a lot over the last few years. Um, I always say Mary is definitely one of the best humans that I know for sure. And, wow. and I definitely believe that the proximity is important. And um, I'm just glad that we're friends. And, and one thing that I think that you and I've touched on in the past before too is, you know, just keeping one or two sort of guidelines in place. And one of those is like every decision you make either moves you towards or away from your goal. And, you know, before you put that piece of cake in your mouth or before you, you know, push the snooze button or before you don't like call your friend or make the time for someone who's important, you know, is that really moving you to where you want to be or who you want to become? Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's really a great point. Courtney, thank you so much for being here and your time today. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Mary. It was a pleasure to be here. Her name is Courtney Schock and her book, This Is Your Captain Speaking, Reaching for the Sky Despite a Lifetime of Abuse, Depression, and Fear is available on Amazon and wherever books are sold. And you can connect with her and find out more about her at CourtneyShock.com. And that's it for this episode of how to hashtag keep going. If you enjoy the show, make sure that you take a second to subscribe so that you automatically get my new shows when they drop. Also, if you have a minute, I'd love it if you left us a review so that more folks like yourself can discover the show. I'll see you next time. This has been how to hashtag keep going. To connect with Mary, go to marytautimus.com. M-A-R-I-T-A-U-T-I-M-E-S dot com. How to hashtag keep going with Mary Tautimus is a production of Forbes Books. <laughs>